0: As I was preparing, and I always, uh, I always usually just preach to myself and go into the music room and preach, but last night the music room was occupied, and uh, so I went to the room and I took, I've got a, I took a pulpit and I put it down, and, and Cinnabon, our golden cocker spaniel, was on the bed listening to this great preach. <laughs> Unfortunately, she went to sleep. So maybe I should be praying for you guys today. And I'm really not sure what the Lord is going to do, but I've got stuff and I've got, uh, uh, I'm asking that, that the Lord would, would speak to each of us, that we would go away from this place with hope. And we should already actually be able to go away even now from having worshipped God, having declared the promises of God are yes and amen, and we have hope. We've come to the table. Our lives should be revolutionized just in that. And so, I want to... I've been reading a book called Surprised by the Voice of God and it looks at some of the great reformers. uh, John Welsh, a guy by the name of John Welsh, 1570 to 1622. He was an extraordinarily godly man. And it was said of him that he reckoned the day ill-spent, he reckoned the day ill-spent if he stayed not seven or eight hours in prayer. The day was ill-spent. So I thought, my gosh, is there any other books I can read? Just a challenge for us to to be a, a praying people. And then there was a story, and I love stories. Because I remember stories. And I'm going to read to you this wonderful story. Probably take about five minutes. The only person Monica loved more than her son was her God, the Lord Jesus Christ. When her son was a baby, she used to sing hymns to him while she was breastfeeding him. She dedicated him to the Lord and prayed that he would be a blessing to the kingdom of God. Monica's faith and love were well known throughout the Christian community in her city. And when her son grew up, His brilliance was equally well known. But so was his immorality and hostility toward God. The young man had become a rhetoric professor. He had given himself over to the full-time occupation of drunkenness, sexual immorality, and turning people away from the one true God with his philosophical speculations. Even the most highly trained Christian intellectual could make no headway with Monica's son. Monica had come close to utter despair several times, but she refused to give up. She continued to labor in prayer for the salvation of her son. When her son was 19 years old, Monica had a dream. In the dream, she and her son were walking hand in hand together in heaven. She knew God was telling her through the dream that he would save her immoral son. And the dream encouraged her to intensify her prayers. A year went by, then another Instead of her son growing closer to God, he seemed to be growing farther away. He had gotten more intelligent, more arrogant, and more committed to evil than ever before. A famous, respected, and wise church leader visited Monica's city to conduct some religious services there. Because Monica was so... So highly thought of amongst the Christians in her city, it was not difficult for her to obtain a private meeting with the church leader. She told him of her prayers for her son, and his condition had actually worsened. She implored him to speak to her, with her son, but, she, but he refused. He knew that any attempt on his part to persuade Monica's son to repent would only serve to harden his heart. How will my son ever be saved? Monica sobbed. The wise old man looked down at Monica's tear stained face with affection. Woman, he said, it is impossible for the son of those tears to perish. The interview was over. Monica was encouraged by those words in the same way she had been encouraged by her dream years earlier. With renewed zeal, she continued to do the only thing she could do. She prayed. Nine years after Monica's dream, her son was sitting in a garden, still an unbeliever, when he heard an audible voice speak the words, Take it and read. Read. Take it and read over and over in the sing-song voice of a child's nursery song. At first he thought it must be a voice from some children playing nearby. But there were no children. And he had never heard this child's song before. He sensed the voice was a divine command from heaven to open the scriptures and read. Monica's son took up the Bible and his eyes fell on Romans, chapter 13, verse 13 to 14. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy. Put on the Lord Jesus and make No provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. The son's heart was miraculously transformed. He would no longer be known as Monica's immoral son. Instead, he would go down in history as Saint Augustine, one of the greatest theologians and champions of the faith in the entire history of the church. few years later, after Augustine had been saved, Monica said to him, My son, for my part, I have no further pleasure in this life. What I am still to do or what I am here in the world, I do not know, do not know or why I am here. For I have no more hope on this earth. She had been given the desire, the greatest desire of her heart was the salvation of of her son. There was nothing more. She wanted. In this life. Nine days later. She died. There's nothing more. Than you and I want as parents. Than the salvation of our children. There is. It's. That is the, the cry of, our, of, of all our hearts. And I'm just so privileged That. Anthony and Amy love Jesus, they walk with Jesus, that they are saved. But I know there are people standing here today, or sitting here today, who are still crying, who are still in anguish, there's still tears running down your face, for children who are not walking with Jesus. And I've read this script this this story really specifically for that, for the hope that this brings. When Monica came close to to despair, what did God do? She gave him she gave her a dream to encourage her to keep praying. When she came to another low point, he gave her a prophetic word from a bishop of the church. And when the time was right in the eyes of God, God sent an audible voice to a rebellious son and opened his heart through the words of the scriptures. I want you to stand. Not a, I mean, I'm going to give you some conditions. But if you have a child who is not walking with Jesus, who hasn't given their lives to Jesus as Lord and Savior, they may be wayward, they may, may have done a long time ago, but they, they're in the, in the foreign land. They, they're the prodigal sons. I want us to stand and I want us to pray. And I'm going to pray a prayer of encouragement For those lost in our own household. Those in our own household. I I, I don't know whether to to make it wider in terms of your grandchildren and that. I think then everybody would stand up. But but stand. If you have somebody in your family that's not not walking with Jesus, I want you to stand and we're going to pray. Lord Jesus, we... We, are, we we cry to you. And Lord, I see tears, many tears have been cried through these eyes. These people standing here, their prayers have seemingly hit the ceiling. But today I declare that there will be sons and daughters who will phone you and say, I found Jesus. We are asking that and we declare that. Some of your children are doing well financially and and doing great, but they don't know. They are not satisfied in Jesus. They haven't come to a knowledge in Jesus. So I pray, Lord, that none of our children would be satisfied. Not one of them would be satisfied until they come home to Jesus. Until they echo the words, Abba, Father, my Father, my Heavenly Father. And so we're asking that and we declaring that over our families. Just name some names, just as you, as you all at the same time, just name the names of those people, those children that you are calling out. We call out those names. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know, persist. Persevere. Persevere with your prayers. Might take a little bit more time. But persevere and persevere. You and your whole household will be saved. You and your whole household will be saved. You carry Jesus. You carry the blessing of God. And so do that. Do that. Justin, Lord, I just, I just thank you. And I bless. I bless those standing. I pray, Lord, that they would not give up, give up hope. As we encourage each other in the faith, as we encourage to, each other to walk and continually walk in the faith. That's what we are required to do. We're required to persevere in prayer. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Thank you, Jesus. I know I've shared, you can sit. I know I've shared many times, but I think I prayed for my father for 30 something years before he came to a knowledge of Jesus. 30 years. 30 years and he wanted to come to church and it was during the Toronto time. It was an evening service at the Clarkson's home and I said to dad, I don't think you should come to that one. But he came and he gave his life to Jesus. He encountered Jesus. And so we have an alpha course. There's the lost that need to be invited. The lost need to know Jesus. The time is, is short. And the time is short for me to preach. But I want you to be encouraged. I want, the, I want you to have hope. To leave this place with hope. At the prayer meeting, I've lost Romans. Romans has escaped. Romans in the New, it's in the New Testament. It's in the New Testament. I got it, got it. Romans 15, verse 13. May the God of hope, Our God is the God of hope? May the God of hope, what, what must He do? He must fill you With all joy and peace in believing. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit. You may abound in hope. That you may abound in hope. When we're praying for our children. We are standing on the promises of of God. We've sung that song already. All the promises of God are yes and amen. In God, in Christ Jesus. There are promises for your children. I'm sure you've had prophetic words over 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 your over your over your family. And we need to stand on them. We need to stand on the scriptures. Because our God is a God of hope. It's not just wishy-washy thinking that we're talking about today. It's something based solidly on the scriptures. Solidly on the scriptures. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. As we believe, what is one of the consequences of our believing is joy and peace. That's why coming to the table is so important. Remembering that. Remembering what Jesus did on the cross. Remembering it. Remembering the finished work of the cross that he has given us. A cloak of righteousness. He has taken our sin. On him. And so we have peace with our God. We have peace. And because we have peace. We also have joy. There's a joy in our hearts. Not based on the circumstances. And I know. There are stuff that people are facing. And there's. People who are needing healing. I want Dini. I want Dini to come to the front. She's. Going to, to the doctor. I want to anoint her with oil. I want the elders to gather around her. No. <laughs> this is a different sermon. I'm so bossy. She's had blood tests and is going for results. But we're asking for, for God to heal. Thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, we anoint Dini. with oil. And we declare over her the healing of God. The healing of God. Lord Jesus, we just see you in the scriptures. The woman with the bleeding came and the she touched the hem of your garment and she was healed. So reach out, Dini, and touch. Touch the hem of Jesus' garment. And you will be healed. You will be healed. We thank, you, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for good reports from the doctors tomorrow. We thank you, Jesus. Does anybody else need a healing touch on their body? Anybody else? Oh, we're, we're, this is this is amazing. We're, we're healthy today. Evelyn, can you come forward? You're involved. Can you? I want uh, other people to come and gather around. Come and pray.